morning, we are going to conclude our sermon series through the book of Habakkuk. Uh, so grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can grab a pew Bible in front of you and turn to Habakkuk chapter 3. We're going to read verses 17 through 19 together this morning as we conclude this sermon series. I had someone ask me, am I going to have to retire my question mark tie? Probably for a little while. You know, Habakkuk's had questions. God's had answers throughout the entire book. We see here how the book concludes today. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Very providential and in God's timing. Uh, this passage would fall to us today. As a picture of God's sovereignty, it's usually around this time of year that I began planning the sermon series for next year. And so we got delayed a couple weeks for some guest preachers that came to preach. And so it was in God's timing that this passage would fall to you today. Just another little picture of God's sovereignty this morning. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fell, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places to the choir master with stringed instruments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come here this morning... Still rattled, rattled emotionally, mentally from winds, from devastation that's been just ravaged across our state. And so, Father, we need your spirit to come and remind us that today we have a reason to rejoice because we have a God. In whom we can rely. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A picture of devastation. That's the quote. I'm sure as you hear that word, a picture of devastation, your mind immediately goes to our friends and family, folks that we know in the Fort Myers area, that their, their homes and their land was just destroyed. By Hurricane Ian. Sad and depressing is another quote I received from one of our church members as they drove around town in Bartow, seeing all the different oak trees that had fallen as a result of the hurricane. Trees carved up, debris everywhere. And so as I prayed about our community, I prayed, Lord, how should we respond in the face of the aftermath of the hurricane? 
Unfortunately for me, God in his sovereignty made it very easy because we were already set to come to Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 17 through 19 today. And Habakkuk tells us exactly how we should respond, even to a picture of devastation. How should we respond? Well, before I tell you, before we consider it together, I want you to take a look at the devastation that Habakkuk faced. He describes the devastation in verse 17. For those of you that have been in Chris Tibbetts' Sunday school class, you'll enjoy the fact that there, there's a chiasm, maybe even two in here, uh, that you'll you want to talk to Chris more about chiasm, this, 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 this uh, literary device going on here. But he says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, the produce of the olive fell, and the, the fields yield no f- food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. He describes here agricultural devastation. These are the most choice crops of the field in Judah. This, these are the, uh, the crops that God's people would have been dependent upon for food. It would have been the milk, the bread, the meat that they would have went to if they had a public supermarket. And it's not there. But not only was it just agricultural devastation that they were facing, it would have been economic devastation as well. Because their economy was based upon agriculture. Sounds a lot like our state, doesn't it? The devastation we've experienced has come as a result of the fact that we live in a fallen world and that God's creation is powerful and it it rakes hurricanes and tornadoes over the land. The devastation that God's people were going to face in Judah was as a direct result of their disobedience and their sin upon God, against God. For that idolatry. I'll save us time, but there are a number of verses in the Old Testament, uh, several passages in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy, that God promised his people that if they forsook him, that if they pursued idols, that he would devastate their land. That the crops would not grow, their cattle would die, it would be taken from them. And so we know that the question that God Uh, had to answer before Habakkuk was Habakkuk wondered how in the world God as a holy, just, sovereign God will allow his sinful people to continue. And we've learned throughout this book that God said, don't worry, I'm going to send the sinful Babylonians to punish them and discipline them and conquer them and carry them into exile. And then God God has to answer the question from Habakkuk that says, but why? Why would you use a nation far more wicked than your people to punish them? Well, what does God say? Don't worry, I'm going to punish the Babylonians in due time. So in response to all of this devastating news, how does Habakkuk respond? How we should respond? It's in verse 18. Yet. Have you met the word yet? Yet. In your walk with Jesus. If not, today's the day. 
Because yet is the turning point of this passage that tells us how we're to respond to the devastation in our lives. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. How are you to respond? How am I to respond today? No matter how bad life gets, rejoice. Why? Two reasons. The first reason you should rejoice is because God is sovereign. God is in control. That's what we see here in verse 19. We see the sovereignty of God pictured here. It says there, God the Lord is my strength. In other words, God is in control. Everything that I face comes to me because God has allowed it. This week, Jennifer said to me, I hope she doesn't mind me quoting her. She said, who? Cancer and hurricane in the same week. That's quite a bit. As we were about 9 or 9.30 on Wednesday night, as we heard trees falling all around us, the wind was whipping, Jack and I fell asleep. While Jennifer was texting her mom and her family and my family to see if we were safe and sound. And when I woke up about two and a half, three hours later, she said, not only did you sleep, but you snored. I said, I slept like a good Calvinist, right? Why? Because God is sovereign. God is in control. Well, we can joke and we laugh about it now, praise God and thank God that we all made it through safely. But in all seriousness, I've heard jokes from other spouses in the church about some of your elders, that they slept like good Calvinists as well on Wednesday night as well. Why? Because we know that God is our strength. It isn't that we just throw our lives to fate and to the wind, no pun intended. But we know that God is sovereign. He's in control. And that's why he says that he will make my feet like the deer. Some of you men go deer hunting. Are deer fast? You better believe they are. But this is a picture. It's a metaphor used of soldiers and how swiftly they can come into a territory. So there's a play here that the sovereign God that's going to allow the Babylonians to come in and sweep Judah away will allow God's people to sweep back into Judah because someday God will sweep the Babylonians off the face of the map. Why? Because God is sovereign. And so why does Habakkuk rejoice? Because he knows that God is sovereign. And then he gives a assurance here in this metaphor and he makes makes me to tread on high places in other words have you ever seen goats up on high places and you wonder how in the world did they get there there's this goat island in georgia that some folks would take me to when they were fishing on a lake near where we used to live in georgia it was goat island how did the goats get there i have no idea but they're just up there running around all happy on goat island Do you know some people look at you today coming to worship on a Sunday morning after a major hurricane in the state of Florida and they think you have lost your flipping minds. But you haven't. You're just living on Goat Island. Or Sheep Island, let's say. A bad metaphor there. We know where the goats are in the Bible. We rejoice because we know that God is sovereign. And the assurance that we have that we are on high ground because we're on holy ground. Because we belong to the sovereign, gracious Lord 
of the universe. I read this week about a true story about a man named Mr. Err. Ruth Bell Graham tells about the story when her parents were missionaries in China. Mr. Err had two children, one an eight-year-old son and another a baby daughter. Bandits came through their town and kidnapped his eight-year-old son and his baby daughter, left Mr. Err and his wife. And the bandits were demanding a ransom of a thousand uh, in their, is it, I'm going to butcher this, Yuan, Yuan, how do you say that? Some of you more traveled than I am. Okay, we'll fake it till you make it. Uh, Anyway, a thousand in their currency. And Mr. Err did not have enough to pay it. So Mr. Err went outside of his place of residence and his place of business and he wrote this sign that read, The bandits have kidnapped our children and have demanded a thousand dollars in ransom. I'm not a wealthy man and I cannot pay a thousand. In fact, I cannot even pay fifty. But he said in writing, But I believe God. That if it is his will, he is able to bring my children back without any ransom. What was he saying? God is sovereign. He's in control. As the soldiers in China began making their way through the land and trying to take on the bandits, do you know what happened? In two separate raids... An eight-year-old boy was rescued and a baby girl was rescued that was being nursed by another woman. They were Mr. Err's children. And when they were reunited to Mr. Err, he rejoiced. Because it was proof that he served a sovereign God. Friends, many of you feel overwhelmed today. You're overwhelmed by the cleanup, the restoration, the way the economy is going to be impacted by this storm. And let me first affirm you for being here today. You've met yet today. That in the face of devastation, yet you will rejoice in the Lord. God be praised. You've met to sing praises about God's amazing grace. Because you know that deep down there's still a reason to rejoice today. Because God is sovereign. And he's gracious, which brings us to the second reason we're to rejoice today. Not only because God is sovereign, but because God is gracious. You know that God has paid the ransom you could not pay. And he paid that ransom by sending his son to take your place. God be praised.
How do we see that God is gracious in this passage? Well, in the face of the total devastation that Habakkuk knows the nation of Judah is facing, he says in verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And that Lord is, in all capitals, it's the covenant name of God. It's Yahweh. It's the great I Am. The covenant-making, the covenant-keeping God. It is that God in whom Habakkuk is going to place his faith. It's that same God in whom you place your faith today. Habakkuk knows that even though Judah is going to be destroyed, he has faith in the sovereign, gracious God of the universe that he's going to bring his people back from exile just as he rescued them from slavery and bondage in Egypt and he will put them back in the promised land. But friends, we rejoice today over God's sovereign grace because we've had a far greater enemy in which God has rescued us from, which is not Egypt, the Babylonians, or the wind of a hurricane, but it is the opponent of Satan, sin, and death. And we rejoice over God's sovereign grace because we know that all of us were spiritually dead, just as Patrick educated us about just a few moments ago, and that there's nothing we could do to spiritually revive our hearts, but God be praised that in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it's a gift of God, not by works, lest any of us should boast. Rejoice today because your God is sovereign and your God is gracious. And that's why he says in verse 18, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Here's what John Mackey says. Here is a faith that is attached to God himself and not to the gifts that he gives. There are some people that would walk away from Jesus if they had faced what you faced this week. Do you know why? Because unfortunately their faith was tied to God's gifts and not God himself. But not with you. It's the person of Yahweh himself. It's the person of Jesus Christ in whom you place your trust And that's why you're here, singing, writing checks to put in the offering plate. Why? Because you know God is sovereign and he's gracious. And you know that you wouldn't be a child of God today had it not been for his sovereign grace. There's a true story about Robert and May Moffat who were commissioned as missionaries in a very tough part of the world. Robert and Mary served for 10 years without ever seeing a conversion to Jesus Christ. The missionary agency that had oversight of them was about to bring them back to the States when Robert and Mary begged their denominational agency, begged their 
missionary agency to keep them on the field because they were not doubting God's call upon their life to that field. And they were confident that God's grace, His sovereign grace would move. They stayed another year or two without seeing any conversion either. So now it was 12 years total. They had been serving as missionaries in this part of the world and no one had been converted to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And just about the time that the missionary agency was about to bring them back to the States, the missionary agency asked them, Robert and Mary, is there anything that we need to send you that you need? And in faith they said, send us a communion set. Due to a storm, the communion set was delayed. But on the very week that Robert and Mary Moffat saw six conversions to Jesus Christ, the communion set arrived in the mail. Why? Because God's sovereign, he's in control, and he's gracious. Friends, God is so gracious that in the Holy Spirit's inspiration of this text, don't miss the tiny but precious gift in verse 18 and 19. It's how the Holy Spirit had Habakkuk pen these words. It's with I and my. So that just like a psalm that you read and pray and sing, every time you read these words, your testimony can be tied to Habakkuk's testimony. Because all of our testimonies are tied to the testimony of a sovereign, gracious God working in our lives. No matter how bad life gets, and no matter what this world throws at you, rejoice. Because God is in control, and He's gracious. So I want you today to sing like you're, sla- like you're saved. Sing like you're saved, and tonight I want you to sleep like a Calvinist. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your sovereign grace that is demonstrated in your sufficient Son that is our Savior. As we prepare to come to the Lord's table today, we pray that your Spirit would meet us here so that our faith in you would be fed. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people agreed saying, Amen.